0: Lead us, they lead, oh, lead us, they read, oh, lead us, they lead, and they read. Lead us, they lead, oh, lead us, they lead, lead us, they lead, and lead us, they read. Lead us, they lead, and lead us, they read. Welcome to this episode of Leaders Lead, Leaders Read. Our book selection is Surviving Toxic Leaders, How to Work for Flawed People in Churches, Schools, and Christian Organizations. The copyright on this book is 2008, and the author is Kenneth Gangel, G-A-N-G-E-L. Here is a bit of a summary about this book. It highlights the experiences of employees in faith-based situations. Now, this book can be good for bosses who want to understand the perceptions of employees, but mainly this book is about awareness. We need to know if we work for a toxic leader, we need to know if we're working in a toxic environment, and we need to know how to protect ourselves with this new knowledge. Gangle says this in the introduction, if you are in a state of abuse because of a toxic leader, you need to know that. And if you are abusing others as a toxic leader, you need to understand that as well. That's what this book will help you do. So in some portions of the reading, the reader might be surprised with an invitation to reflect, to see themselves in the text as a mirror almost, that we might be guilty of some of this toxic behavior. There's one theme in this book And that is to reveal the different ways that toxicity manifests in a working environment. There are no section one, section two. There's no divisions in this book by section, but there are 12 chapters. And I'd like to go through the titles of these chapters and just give you a quick blurb about what these chapters cover. So you'll know what you'll get into (laughs) Chapter one, what is a toxic leader? Here, Gangle introduces toxic leadership by definition and gives some context about what toxic leadership looks like in a Christian church, a Christian school, in a Christian organization. He asks a very important question, though. What allows toxic environments to survive? It really causes the reader to think beyond a blame game of, that line between what we call good leadership and bad leadership. He opens our perspective a bit to consider why, if we know about toxic leaders or bad leaders in simplicity, what allows those environments to survive? He describes one person as the kind of intermediary. He calls this person the buffering sufferer (laughs) who takes the hit and softens the blow for those down the food chain. Toxic leaders, Gengel says, are better described than defined. And he gives a description of nine types of leaders. Now, these nine types I'm about to give you are the topic of the next nine chapters of the book. So chapter two is called It's Tough to Cheat a Cheater, covers the deceptive leader. And explains the effects of deception on a leader, on a team, and on the environment. Chapter three, a pharaoh has arisen. Gangle covers the autocratic leader. And the interesting point about how if you're too ambitious, you can cross a line into toxicity. Chapter four covers the egotistic leader. And it's called Time to Turn Off American Idol. Here Gangle explores how... We can turn leadership into celebrity and there becomes an ego there that we have to feed and some entitlement we may have to suffer through from the leader. Chapter five covers the incompetent leader and is titled incompetence can be cured. The interesting thing, though, is. Gangle doesn't deal with incompetence in terms of inability, what we might think of, like you're not qualified to do this or that. Gangle says. Incompetence comes through excuses and a lack of integrity and the cure comes through the leader being able to remove those excuses and to lead with integrity. Chapter six covers the ignorant leader. It's called ignorance is definitely not bliss. And he makes kind of a tongue in cheek point that was a little funny to me, I'll be honest, that toxic leaders do not read about toxicity. And do not always know that they are toxic. And this could speak to this constant undercurrent of frustration that some employees experience in a Christian workplace or in a non-Christian workplace where we huddle together and we wonder, why doesn't he know? Why doesn't she realize it? That their behavior is a problem, that their toxicity is putting a gray cloud, a damp uh, blanket, a wet blanket over our Productivity over our ability to get things done in a peaceful way. And he says it's because this leader is ignorant. Chapter seven, The Cruel Leader. The chapter is titled Cruel Leaders Are the Worst. And this deals with cruelty as a result of the moral failing of the leader. So if I, as the leader, am maybe disappointed in myself in continuing to fail on moral levels, then I begin to treat you as a subordinate in a cruel manner chapter eight is the evil leader and that's chapters called bully for you where it gets into the bullying of this type of leader and how they invade our personal space as publicly as possible this is a very powerful chapter because depending on a person's temperament they either confront back or they cower down and become the prey the prey of the leader Chapter nine is the demanding leader. It's my way or the highway, the chapter is called. And Gango makes a great point about leadership succession here, that we are the leaders we saw. We are the leaders that were modeled before us unless we are aware of the danger of a bad model. And so he says, demanding leaders create demanding leaders. Chapter 10 deals with the reckless leader and it's called sinking the sloth. And another interesting point by Gangle, recklessness, we tend to identify with spontaneous unpredictability, uh, lack of counting the cost, uh, just dangerously moving. But Gangle describes reckless leaders by their laziness. We can best spot them by their laziness i hope this is enticing you to want to grab this book and read this book the final two chapters are called entering the detox lab and terminating toxicity this book is an easy read if you are a christian if you're not a christian if you work in a christian environment if you don't this book can still be helpful for you and you can follow it along um the metaphors are not too deep or heady where you wouldn't be able to follow along like the pharaoh metaphor in chapter 3 um but he does give scripture and he does give biblical example of problem and solution to give the reader awareness yes but also a broadening of perspective to maybe kind of see their way out and it could even for those who feel stuck. Probably give some ideas, inspire another train of thought um, for that person to change their course. When I read Surviving Toxic Leaders, I read it as a part of my dissertation research. And the book, the way it's laid out in the hard copy, there's room on the pages between the text. There's room in the margins to make notes. I made notes about past experiences, things I had observed in church. I made notes about references to other authors and other books, references to scripture. And then where I might be guilty, this book really does in some places touch pretty close to where it's like a mirror. And maybe you're not leading a company yet. Maybe you're a leader in another way, but you can see how maybe you come off in some toxic ways to other people when you read this book. I might consider this book a primer to gain some general understanding of toxic leadership in faith-based settings uh, because then you get into organizational culture a little bit. Gangle comes across very matter of fact, um, not a Bible beater for those of you who might be concerned with the scriptural content, um, not dogmatic about anything except the need to rid these environments of toxicity and the influences of toxic leadership. What may be the most important part of the book is where Gango explores the why. Why do we work for toxic leaders? Um, sometimes they are just so charismatic that we just get taken in by the promises of progress. And it's going to be peaceful around here. And then you get in there, and it's shock and awe. And you find out how toxic it is. Sometimes we go in wide open, eyes wide open, saying, "Okay, I know this isn't the best place. And maybe we come in with a short term plan. I won't be here long. And we also may come in with an air of mental toughness, Kenneth Gangle says. This mental toughness says, I know this place is toxic, but I think I can weather the storm here. So in total, Gangle gives five reasons for why people work for toxic leaders. One, belief in the unbelievable. They give us this grand picture of the ideal. Two, following the illusion, the illusions of achievement and hope for the future. Number three, a desire for dependence. Employees succumb sometimes because right now it's more important that I get paid than I like who I work with and where I work. It's just reality. Sometimes life happens. Four, fear. Employees can get caught in a cycle of pleasing a toxic leader that rules by fear. And then number five, sometimes we feel like we don't have any other options. We think that there's no way out. Buy in, Gangle suggests, from employees helps build toxic organizations. Toxic organizations are those where there's a history of poor performance. There's a history of not achieving the mission, of not meeting the goals. There's high levels of dissatisfaction and stress. Human relations are destructive. And toxic leaders in their daily demonstration, they avoid people in situations that require them to be accountable and to explain themselves. The environments overall are pretty stagnant and pretty mediocre. My personal opinion, you need this book. (laughs) This book belongs in the library of not just faith leaders and church leaders or those who work in faith-based organizations, but even if you're a vendor or a contractor with a faith-based organization and sometimes you get a little taken in by their culture and how they do things, this book could help. This book could give you some language uh, for your interaction with a faith-based setting i believe that kenneth gangle is a good guide in this book into highlighting uh, the different ways that toxicity presents itself in christian churches christian schools and christian organizations i hope you'll take a look the principal sponsor for the leaders lead leaders read podcast is the center for legacy driven leadership a company focused on preparing emerging leaders the Center for Legacy-Driven Leadership offers curriculum development, leader training and development, along with knowledge-sharing events. The Center for Legacy-Driven Leadership, ever preparing to pass the torch. Leaders, oh, they lead. Leaders, oh, they read. Leaders, they read. Oh, they... You-